Well, we're in church this morning, and I'm wondering, is there anybody here that just feels that you can use a little bit of spiritual help? Do you need any help at all? Well, if you don't, let's just go home. If you don't, but if you need help, I think I have the word of the Lord for you. I want to preach to you on something that is a little bit awkward, but so necessary. Because too many of us as Christians struggle with a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and anxiety that goes with that, not feeling like we're measuring up to God's expectations. That when we sin, and and I'm sure that we sin often, and when, when we are tempted, we feel like we're getting knocked backwards and the Lord is really, in some way, shape, or form, withdrawing himself from you. Now, often we keep that a secret, but I want to share something with you today in way of help. I want to help you clearly delineate the difference between the body and the spirit, the body and the soul. So because of that, here is the awkward title. God does not save your body. God does not save your body. I know that you're, for those of you that are well-read with your scriptures, you're thinking of scriptures that he actually does save your body. But I want to get to that in just a few minutes. But first, let's refer to the word of the Lord in Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 through 42. And I'm going to go there myself. <clears throat> uh, let's just read right there. Here, here is the setting. Jesus is actually in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's going to be crucified that very next morning. That night, he's going to be arrested. So he's praying. The body of God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, he is flipping out. He doesn't want to die. He's asking in great anguish and prayer, let this cup pass from me. He asked for help. He asked the apostles to pray in the garden with him, but just further over so that he could have some privacy with the Father. But the problem is, is they keep falling asleep. Have you ever met anybody that falls asleep when they are in prayer? Oh, I know what you're saying. That, that might be you as well. It's not that you wanted to go to sleep. As I mentioned in the 9 o'clock service, you don't show up at prayer meetings with your banky. You usually show up thinking you're going to pray clean through. But often our bodies overtake our desire and our spirit. These apostles actually in the setting actually gets woken up three times. Let's read this. Then he, Jesus Christ, referred, uh, returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said this, couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? And he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I'm going to be concentrating on that phrase. He, Jesus Christ, he went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink, uh, your will but not my will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were very heavy. And so this is the setting of Scripture I want to refer to, but also another setting, and it's in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 20, and verses 9 through 11. It says this, <clears throat> seated in a window. And this is a very kind of a funny story. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus and who was sinking into deep sleep 
as Paul was talking on and on, he was preaching and teaching and Eutychus is falling asleep just like the apostles did in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a different setting and he is falling asleep in the windowsill. Watch this. And when he had found himself with sound sleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man and put his arms around him. And he said these words, don't be alarmed, everybody. He said this, he's alive. (laughs) He fell because you've been a long-winded preacher. And then he went upstairs again, Paul did, and broke bread and ate. And after talking until daylight, you would think, okay, obviously I'm preaching quite long here. I'm just going to just going to wrap it up. Let's just go home for the day. He keeps going on, clean through the day, clean through the night until the rising of the sun. He left. Am I at verse 11? Is that it? Once again, I want to preach to you on this thought. God doesn't save your body. I know what we're thinking. We're all thinking the same thing. Doesn't he save my body when I get saved? When my soul gets saved? The answer is no. And this causes a lot of consternation among all of us. How is it that you can be in church praising the Lord like you do and your soul is just interactive with the Spirit of God? And then you go out into the car and with your husband or your wife or your mom and dad and an argument ensues and you're yelling and screaming or you're talking about the pastor or you're talking trash about a family that was sitting in front of you or behind you about a baby that was crying and and on and on. And then you say to yourself, how can I talk like this? It's such a dichotomy of interests. Here I am talking trash at the same time calling myself saved. That's because God, and this is the, the whole gist of the sermon, God saves your soul. He doesn't save your body at this point. Here's how it works. And I know that you know this. So here we are living on earth. Many of us in this room are saved. Some of us are not. It would be actually candy in the sky for a pastor to actually think that he pastors all saved people. This is not true. As a matter of fact, In many cases, the Bible shows that it's actually 50%. Two will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Uh, Ten virgins having lamps, five have taken, the other five are not, 50-50. I'm suggesting to you that maybe it's not 50-50 here at Celebration Church, but there are some I'm preaching to right now that may very well not be saved. I'm not really speaking to you right now. I'm speaking to the person here that has actually experienced a saved soul. You got saved one day. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. For those of you that are not saved, I highly, highly implore you, please do something about that immediately. Because what we're speaking about right now is the rapture. The rapture of the church, the coming or the taking away of the people of God. Here's how it works. Jesus is going to come down on a cloud He is going to take those that are saved. You see, Buddha is not coming for you. Confucius can't come to you because they're dead. Islam, they cannot come to you because Muhammad is dead. He's not going to raise from the dead. He didn't raise from the dead. He didn't die for your sins. Only Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's the only one that rose from the dead. Can I get an amen from anybody? 
praise the Lord. Oh, that was good. Nice. Help me with this. And so here we have the dead that are in their graves ever since Adam and Eve. When Jesus Christ comes down on a cloud, there will be a trumpet that will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise out of the ground. What's being risen out of the ground? These are the bodies of dead people that have gone on before us. And them that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Those that are alive right now, you and I, shall be caught up with the dead people out of the ground and meet him in the air. This is when your body is actually saved. Here's a scripture for you. The Bible says it like this. God is going to take your vile, V-I-A-L, vile body, dirty body, uh, mortal body, um, sinful body, a body that has been used to sin. He shall change your vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body. Can I get an amen for that? Because right now your body is not fashioned unto God's glorious body, is it? Obviously, it's not. Look at some of you are overweight. Unlike me, of course, I'm the spinning image of a weapon, but not really. <laughs> but here we have a body that's not saved. It's clear that it's not a glorious body. Now, some of us are working on that with liposuction and, and fillers and things like that and, and braces. We're trying to get a glorious body, but you're never going to get there because it's going to take God to take your vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. There's another scripture that alludes to you meeting God Almighty. That last scripture was actually referring to Jesus Christ. But meeting God Almighty, where you will look at him, and the Bible says it like this, you will see him as he really is, now this is the best part, and you shall be like him. So your body is not saved right now. And this is, the, as I mentioned before, this is the concerned thing about us. How can we sin or how can we be so plagued and be so tempted at the same time as being saved? Well, you see, your soul, when you die, let's say before the rapture, your soul goes to a place according to Luke chapter 16. It's called Abraham's bosom. That's a, a, a quite a long phrase definition for the Jewish people because that's who it was written to. But for you and I, it's called paradise. Paradise is a place that all souls that are saved, they go to this beautiful place that you have seen people with out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences that have actually gone to this place that's absolutely paradise. Colors that you've never seen activities and creatures and angels that you have never seen, people that you used to know that will greet you. You know how that works. But this is not the city of God. This is not your mansion. This is not the streets of gold. Everybody, all souls that are saved from Adam on, are all going to enter into the rapture and into the city of God all at the same time, right after the marriage supper of the Lamb, right after you're judged according to the works that you did here on the earth, depending on how good and how bad your sacrifices have been, how you've lived for God, how your relationship with, which was with Jesus Christ, it'll all be thrown on an altar, as you know, and it'll be burnt, and whatever is left over, the gold and the silver will survive, and the stubble and the hay and the paper, the stuff that really did not equate to something that was godly works, if you would. 
All of this will decide what street you'll live on, how close you'll be to the, to the throne of God, what kind of a mansion you will live, what kind of a reign, R-E-I-G-N, what kind of a reign you will have. And what I mean by that is the Bible says that Jesus says this, some will govern over five cities. Others of you will govern over 10 cities. Oh, these are what the Bible talks about as crowns being thrown to you or given to you. Because many of us are going to have white robes and crowns and that will rule and reign for all of eternity with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen from anybody? And that's your soul. Your soul goes to a paradise. But when the trumpet sounds for the rapture, those folks that are in paradise right now, all of your loved ones that have gone on before you, they're in paradise. When that trumpet sounds, they're going to hear the trumpet and they're going to leave paradise and they're going to be united in the air with their body and it'll be a glorified body. Can I get an amen from anybody? But in the meantime, your body is not saved. God did not save your body because there is a big difference between your body and your spirit. The Bible brings out that there's great enmity with your body against God. God and your body, they don't get along. Your body despises God. It says it like this, that, God, that the body or your flesh has enmity against God. It likes darkness. It likes secrets. It likes sneaking around. It likes to plot and scheme. It likes to lie and cheat and steal. It loves to lust. It loves to drool. It loves to do things that are not right. It loves leisure. It loves to sleep in on Sunday mornings. Can I get an amen from anybody? It so enjoys not reading the Bible because look at that, how fat it is. Look at how big that Bible is. Oh, my God. That's why I buy the skinnier one, because it seems like it's less reading. And so we have, you know, Paul saying the same things about his body in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 27. The Bible says this, Paul is saying about his body, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will be disqualified for the prize. Now, the context is about him being in a race, like a running race. He's often used athletics and athletes as, as um, associations, like wrestlers and, and runners and things like that, or even soldiers. But in this case, I want to say to everybody here that the, you are much like Paul. Paul is saying the same thing. I live my life, Paul says, by putting my flesh down. Because my flesh always wants to do what I don't want to do. And my flesh doesn't let me do what I want to do or what I should be doing. And so it is with all of us here. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, and we're going to get to some pretty controversial stuff when I turn this first page, if we have some time to get onto it. But take a look at this scripture. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S. And the Spirit, capital S, what is contrary to the flesh. Exact opposites. They do not like each other. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Your body is going to fight you tooth and nail for the rest of your life. I remember when I first got saved in my 20s, I, I remember thinking, I think I was 20, uh, I remember thinking, and my, uh, uh, Frankie's mother was actually pregnant with Frankie when I got saved. That's actually how, how all that 
unfolded. I was preaching in 1978. Actually, the very year I got saved, I was preaching. And within two and a half years, I'd be pastoring that church. And prior to that, I've never seen a Bible. This is how fast the Lord worked with me and how he had a, well, it was probably all culminating to get to here to Celebration Church today to speak to you in Christmas of 2018. All that worked up for this very moment for you and I to meet. That you will never, ever, ever get your place with your body that your body is not going to fight you. Your body will always want to tempt you. Your body will always lust. And lust does not necessarily mean sensualism. Lust could be pride of life, where you want to show off something. You want to drive past somebody's house with your brand new car. You want to show off your house or your new shoes or your new... All of this is just natural for us. We want to boast the pride of life, the lust of life. All of this is all part of the body, and the body's very sneaky to try to get attention because it wants to be the star of the show. It wants to be the flood. It wants to be the big selfie of your life. Can I get an amen from anybody? I've done one selfie in my life, and I I missed it because I can't figure out how to reverse the screen. And so it is Paul was trying to say to you and to me, we're just not going to beat our body from never saying anything. It's always going to complain. It's always going to want. This morning you had choices. Your body wanted to continue to wrestle sheets and punch pillows. See? Your body wanted to continue drinking coffee by the fireplace that Sarah was mentioning. But for all of us here that are here, our, our spirit won out. And we told our bodies, we're not staying here. We're getting out of bed. And we're going to put our makeup on as we're driving. <laughs> and if I, have a bad ha- if I have a bad hair day, I'm just going to put a hat on. Boom, done. Because my spirit is going to be more powerful than my body. Can anybody say amen? amen? Your body is very powerful. For some of us here in this room, more powerful, far more powerful than our spirit is. Far more powerful than our soul is. It has a will of its own. It has a voice of its own. And the Bible brings out we should be fighting against this body. We should be squirming. We should not just be put up with anything, anything that it wants, anything it wants to say, anything it wants to do. Should not have that kind of leeway. Should not have carte blanche in your life. I'm so sorry for this. This is wiggly. It should be something that you get over on your body, something that you should control your body. And so here it is, everyone. This is the tattoo across the forehead moment. You can't ever see in this lifetime your body being saved, but you can control it. That's the moment of truth that when you stand before God, how strong was your spirit? How strong was your soul in the fight against the body? When you wrestle against your flesh, did you have control over your mouth? Did you have control over your carnal mind? Because your carnal mind, which means your flesh mind, your, your, a lot of folks believe that the word carnal means sinful. It doesn't necessarily mean that. The carnal mind means the flesh mind, the world mind. And how much you feed the beast inside of you is determining what beast is going to be the strongest. If you feed the body, the beast of the body will be strongest. We'll show you what you feed each and every day in a minute. But if you feed the spirit, you all know this. This is something that you already knew. But if you feed the spirit, 
If you feed your soul, that's what's going to be stronger. And you will be able to put your body in its place. Can I get an amen from anybody? And here's some stuff. Let's get really down and dirty right now. I have just recently, as I mentioned during the 9 o'clock service, I've just recently gone on a fast. No, it's not food, clearly. But what it is, is Fox News, CNN, ABC, NBC, all of the political pundits and jargon. I can't take it anymore. Why? Because I'm angry. But my body wants more. Oh, you rotten, no good. Don't trust her. She's a devil. Look at that. And this is a pastor. Pastor's talking like this. My wife says, who's that? Oh, very bad person. Very bad. Evil person here. These are devils and those are angels. So I thought one day, I'm done. Stick a fork in me. And I found out after six weeks of fasting so far, when I'm on Facebook every now and then, I notice what the news is. I'm catching news on Facebook. And not much has happened. It's kind of like, well, it's like soap operas. Well, you watch soap operas, and then you don't watch soap operas for five years, and you pick up right where it left off. <laughs> Nothing moved. And so I don't feed my body the hatred. I don't feed my body the anger. I'm on a fast right now. But we all do it. We feed our beast. We feed the beast of the flesh with TV. Because our body decides what we click on to, what the remote goes to. The spirit is not strong enough. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Go here. Something that is wholesome for our spirit. We find things to satisfy the beast of the flesh because the spirit is so, so weak, the scriptures say. And so it is with so many negative thoughts and so much gossip. Oh, tell me, tell me something juicy. Is the spirit saying that? Is your soul saying that? Of course not. You feel the check. You feel not a condemnation from the Holy Spirit, but you feel a, a sense of, you shouldn't be listening to that, a conviction, a nudge. Shh, don't listen to that but I want to. <laughs> it's about so-and-so. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me about what Frankie said to Allie. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. Are they really that happy? Surely not. By the way, they really are. <laughs> they really are that happily married. God bless them. But there is something marvelous about the carnal mind being pressed down and not being fed. Because when you don't feed the spirit, what happens that I've noticed in my life is that my beliefs seem to get weak because it has no spiritual food. My belief in God. No, of course I believe in the existence of God, but I so often would choose something that I could physically fix rather than something that I should be asking God to fix. I was T-boned the other day. Um, my car was only 14 months old from the flood. I just got a new car, and some high school student T-boned me, totally totaled the car, sent me into a spin. This is a crazy story, but I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of it right here, so I'm just going to skip all the middle. And so I decided I need to get another car, obviously, because they totaled it. Guy goes paying it off, and thank God for gap stuff and all this. And so then I'm going back and forth on what car to get, and then I've got to check in my spirit. Something so simple as that is just pick another car. I'm 62. I've probably owned 62 cars. Who knows? I don't know any idea how many cars I've owned in my life. 
But something funny happened. The Lord said, are you going to ask me what kind of car you should get? You don't know anything about cars. <laughs> you, you, you know donkeys. <laughs> you don't know cars. And I felt such a, uh, such a conviction that my flesh was looking that I never referred to the Spirit. Now, I know that many of you are far above that. And you're capable of asking the Holy Spirit about the simple things of life like that. But that's when you're feeding your spirit and not your flesh. Can I get an amen from anybody? I notice that my faith is very weak when I'm feeding my flesh. That the 911 call is much quicker than the Jesus call. Is there something wrong with my faith when I don't feed my faith? And how do I feed it? By prayer and by fasting and by reading the word of God and, and coming to church service like I do. But let's really talk about something here. Your body and my body gets bored real easy. I'm about to give you something here. Let's just face it. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, some of you are bored. I know. I'm not taking it personal. I know. Eutychus fell asleep. While Paul the Apostle, who wrote 14 books of the New Testament, he's preaching. He falls out of a third-story window. The apostles are praying in the garden of Gethsemane with the Son of God. They know that he's about to be crucified. He says, my hour has come. And they sleep anyways. Who does that? They don't want to sleep. Eutychus didn't want to fall out the window, and you don't want to be bored here today. Your spirit wants to stay awake. But something about your body is pulling you toward that cell phone. I just got to do it. I just got to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. instant message. <laughs> Selfies, Facebook, news. Oh, I can't take it. I've been away from my phone for three minutes. I'm sorry for this. But there's something special about a person that sees that they're, they're bored. Your spirit is not bored. Your soul is not bored. Your soul is crying out. The Bible says, like a deer panteth after the watery brook, so panteth I after thee, O Lord, who runs through the woods like a deer looking for cool water. So does our soul. Our soul does that, David says, but the body doesn't. The body gets bored, wants to get it over with, and let's just get out of here and let's go to Luby's already. Do you have Luby's here? We got Luby's here. I'm sorry, you can get out here in about 15 minutes and you'll beat the Baptist, so you'll be just fine. <laughs> but we all have this boredom that goes on with prayer, not just during church service. That's why we have so much trouble praying for one hour, praying for 15 minutes, praying for five minutes, because the body is saying, I can't do this, I am so bored. As an example, uh, our young people often are called to pray all night. They call themselves to pray all night. They really get excited about this. This is their own thing. So they go to the church about 10 p.m. To them, they just woke up. <laughs> they go into the church. They lock themselves in. Uh, you know, the adults are concerned about, you know, you're in the, you know, our church is not in the woodlands. Our church is in the hood, big time. We're in the hood, big time hood. And so here they are in the church building, and they begin to pray. Within 30 minutes, it goes from praying to reading their Bible. Because something happened. 
They're not praying anymore. They're reading their Bible. That is different than praying. Can I get an amen from anybody here? I'm trying to help you. Does anybody need any help at all? Because reading the word of God is separate from praying. I know that you can pray while you read your word, but you came for an all-night prayer meeting. And so what happens from there is they end up falling asleep and they make a pallet and they call it laying prostrate before the Lord. (laughs) And I don't blame them. They don't like it. Then they come in late the the next night or or the morning and they come crawling in. They sleep all day. And that's okay. they, They deserve the sleep because they've been up all night. And so I'm suggesting to all of us here that when we read our Bibles... Oh my God, that's so thick. That's what the body says. But the soul says, I, I got to read this because these are the words of life. And when I'm praying, I, I get bored real quick, but I'm not going to let my body do that. I'm going to push my body down and I'm going to let my soul cry out because I'm going to fight it. We are obligated to fight, obligated to squirm, obligated to put our body in a headlock and give it noogies. You like it? You want some more? You want some more? It's kind of like when you tell your body, we're going on a, an all-day fast. We're going to fast for 24 hours, and the body says, oh, no, you're not. We're not fasting. We're going to go on a Daniel's fast. We can eat all day. We're just not going to eat that. Now, no offense to Daniel's fast. That's what I do. You clearly see that. But when you tell the body, no food, just water for one day. As an example, the body will say, oh, no, we're not. What are you, insane? We're going to eat. Now, that 24 hours is 12 hours of sleeping, of course, with lots of aspirins and lots of water and lots of movies and lots of TV. And you tell your body this. If you don't shut up, not only will we fast one day, we'll fast two days. I'm going to pray for one hour. And the body says, oh, no, you're not. And so you tell your body, if you don't shut up, we'll pray for two hours. And if you complain through the two hours, I'll just keep going to the third hour. So you better get in line. Paul said it like this. I don't let my body get over my spirit. He said it like this. I do things I don't want to do, and I don't do things I want to do. Oh, what a wretched man that I am, as I've already mentioned to you. But please know, we should be searching and fighting for righteousness. That's what our desire should be. We should be sick of our carnal self. We should be sick of our secrets. Don't we all have secrets that we're so sick of? Now, you may never share your hidden secrets. Your body will never allow that. And maybe in some cases, it's not even necessary. Because you take burdens often of past sins and then open up to somebody and all you ever did was transfer the burden onto somebody else. You say, I feel so much better. I feel so free. But the person now feels unburdened with your secret because now you've always said, don't tell anybody. Now they have got to carry this for the rest of their life. Aren't you just sick of your carnal self? Sick of your body, sick of your secrets. I'm just sick of our hypocrisy, because I am. I'm sick of my hypocrisy. 2019 is coming. 
in just a few weeks, four weeks, I don't know how many weeks it is, but it's coming here so shortly. And I want to do something special for the kingdom of God. I want to go into 2019 with my body as saying, what in the world are you doing out there? And I want to tell my body, there's a new sheriff in town. The soul's in charge now. We're going to fight every day until you give in. Until you have a very small amount of strength. But my soul will be very strong. Because I know God does not save my body. And because God does not save my body, I must control my body. Give the Lord a great big hand clap. Can you do that, everybody? Praise the Lord. Let's all stand together. Let let me pray for you. Let me pray for everyone here. I I don't know what you're going through right now, but if you're feeling guilt and shame about temptation, I want you to know that it's your body that's causing all this trouble, not your spirit, not your soul. The spirit that's inside of you is not your soul. The spirit inside of you is the life-giving essence that God sends you. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that when you die, God takes the spirit out of you and it returns back to God who gave it. And so in lieu of all this, thank you so much. This place is so cool. Look at this. Be gone with you. (laughs) In In lieu of all of this, everybody, please, my church is not this tight. I promise you that. In lieu of all of this, please, when I pray for you, I want you to stop this guilt and all this shame that you feel this fight that's always going on. Jesus felt the fight in the Garden of Gethsemane because his body did not want to die. Eutychus felt the fight because he fell asleep in the third story window and he didn't want to fall out the window. He wanted to listen to Paul preach. The apostles wanted to pray for an hour, but their body won. The guilt was great. Maybe so is it with you. This is how the devil lies to each and every one of us here. That because you sense a fight inside of you, you must be sinning. Let me share this with you. If you've ever been in a fight, and you've ever had blood in your mouth by being punched, That blood tastes the same, whether you're winning or losing. So when you are in a fight against your body and against Satan, you may end up spiritually bleeding, but you may very well be winning. Don't interpret a fight as sin. Don't interpret a body yearning. Is my body is not saved. Close your eyes and bow your hands. Father, I pray for everyone here. And Father, this is the year we're going into. That we are going to look at 2019 as the year of my soul. We're going to fight against the body this year. That when the body doesn't want to read the word, we're going to read it anyways. It doesn't want to go to church, we're still going to church. And it doesn't want to fast, we're still going to fast. And it's not going to get to say anything it wants to say and look at everything it wants to look at. Touch everything it wants to touch and read everything it wants to read. The answer is no. 
Father, we pray for strength in our soul to fight against this flesh of ours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a great big hand clap. Can you do that, everybody? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Turn to somebody and shake their hands and tell them that was for you. Tell somebody that. May the Lord bless you. You're dismissed.